This is Coordinator's Corner, presented by JCW's, The Burger Boys. Hello, Cougar Nation. Welcome back inside Studio B at the BYU Broadcasting Building in Provo, Utah for our Week 9 edition of the Coordinator's Corner, our weekly BYU football chat with the coordinating coaches. Coming up on today's broadcast, we will look back at the Cougars' trip to Texas and ahead to the trip east to West Virginia as BYU begins its November slate down the Big 12 stretch. And we're visiting today with Offensive Coordinator Aaron Roderick and Special Teams Coordinator Kelly Papinga. Let's get into Saturday's setback in Austin. First up, 35-6, your final there. We start the show by saying hello to BYU OC and QB coach Aaron Roderick. Coach, good to see you again. Good to see you. Tough one Saturday. Texas ranked seventh coming into the week. Uh, kept that ranking. One of the best defenses you've seen in your time as OC? Best defensive line I've seen uh, maybe in my career. Uh, that, that was that those front four guys were pretty pretty good players that was very formidable front and uh, yeah one of the one of the better defenses I've ever coached against and a coordinator who's been around for a while um, at some high level places and uh, he's had a good reputation uh, deservedly so going into that game yeah because I would say maybe the second best defense I've ever coached against was his defense at Washington uh, coach coach Pete uh, 2016 when they went to the playoffs that was a very good defense as well Going into the game, what did you anticipate would be your biggest challenge to get things done? Just blocking their front. You know, the, the defensive linemen are extremely big and disruptive. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of times it's tough to run the ball against a tough def front like that. But what Texas does really well is pass rush uh, with just a four-man rush. Their defensive tackles are outstanding pass rushers. And, uh, you know, usually you think more of defensive ends being great pass rushers and th those guys are good too but uh their their interior guys were probably the out just outstanding pass rushers did texas do anything significantly different than you did anticipate on saturday they don't really change for anyone they do what they do against everybody i mean they they did it to alabama they did it to everybody they play um they're very uh consistent with who they are and what they do and they do it very well Personnel related, you were without your leading rusher uh, going into the game in Austin. When did you know L.J. Martin would not be available to you last week? Um, a couple of days before the game. Yeah, he he um, just yeah, it was tough tough deal. Oh, you know, we, we don't know when we're going to get him back. You got him out on the field, I guess, but not maybe in the live stuff last week. And and you say you don't know when you'll get him back. So status for this week is yeah. He did or? some he did some non-contact practice, and we thought maybe he might be ready to go. And we're kind of in the same position now where we'll we'll. He'll do some more non-contact stuff, and we'll find out how ready he is later in the week. How would you feel your backs looked without LJ on I thought, Saturday? I thought uh, Aiden, Aiden played well. Um, he's, he's starting to get uh, into a little bit of a groove running the ball for us. He does, does uh, you know, kind of what we expected. He's a good inside runner, and um, he's a good receiver. And then I thought Dion made a couple of good plays in the game as well. He had a, an option play where he made a good run uh, in the red zone, broke a couple tackles, and um, so Dion and, and then uh, uh, Miles had a couple good good moments too. So you know we missed LJ, but I didn't think that's not why we lost the game. Those those other three guys did a solid job filling in. We have to presume LJ got hurt sometime in the Texas Tech game, I guess, right? Yes, I believe so. Yeah. I, and I don't know the play or exactly what happened. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we've seen uh, Keanu Hill, wide receiver, just here and there all season. Didn't have him on Saturday. Yeah. Do you anticipate getting him back at some point here? Same thing. Don't know. He's he's been banged up the whole year. He he hasn't been healthy really the whole season uh, since fall camp. He's just a really tough kid and and uh, he's a senior and he wants to play. So he's trying to go, and uh, finally reached a point where we had to just hold him out and 
We'll know, we'll know more later in the week okay. about, about that. All right. Let's run through some sequences from Saturday. A rough opening quarter for the offense. Four drives, uh, three three and outs, and then a pick was thrown. And on the three three and outs, they were all, you all got to third and longs. And, these, and that's been kind of yeah. – you're seeing more third and longs this year than you have historically. And an 11, a 14, an 11. Um, unfortunately, the pick comes after you picked up a first down. It yeah. came on a first down throw. Yeah, the interception was um, uh, really unfortunate. They made, they made their, their nickel, number 23, made a really great play on that. Um, thought Keaton was throwing the ball to an open receiver. We had a, we had a good play going there, and, and uh, number 23, their nickel just uh, he jumped and got a hand on it and uh, deflected to their safety. It was a uh, tough, tough break. So down 14 nothing after 15 minutes, and the third downs have been a challenge uh, for the offense all year. The easy answer is, well, produce more on first and second downs. What more is there to the third down struggles right now? Well, just producing more on first and second down. We just we just have not had success uh, on early downs all season. We've tr we've tried a lot of different things, and we're not going to give up. We're going to keep working at it. Um, and um, you know, there's there's uh, it's not something that you just. It, it sounds very simple, but these defenses we're playing against are good, and we have not executed well enough. Whether it's running the ball first down, or throwing on first down, or running on first and second, or throwing on first, and we've we've tried a lot of different combinations, a lot of different things, and. We just need to execute better. And, and it's pretty dramatic from last year to this. Last year, you were seeing about 3.4 third and longs per game, and now you're up around six third and longs per game. It's, it's a big difference. It is. And, um, you know, we, we've one, one uh, I, don't, I don't know if it's a bright spot, but when we're in third and medium and third and short, we're converting at a pretty at high a good level. Rate. Yeah, at a good rate. But we're in way too many third and longs. I mean, our, our short yards was, in a game of not very many bright spots, our short yardage Saturday was good. We, we converted two fourth downs that were fourth and short. Mm -hmm. And all season long, we've been good on those fourth and shorts and the third and shorts. Uh, we're just in too many long situations and putting ourselves in, in tough position to let the defense pin their ears back. And, and, um, and uh, it's been a challenge. When looking at conversion efficiency, you like to, you tend to bundle your third and fourth downs though as a collection of plays though, right? And say, where if you're, if you're not getting it on third, but you are getting it on a fourth, you move the sticks. Yeah, and we think of it as conversion down. You don't really think about it as you know. Sometimes you're trying to get the first on third, and sometimes you're you got two playing, plays you're to playing get. third because you know you've got two plays to get it, and so you're maybe you're playing on third down to get to a manageable fourth. So, um, but we have been in so many third and longs. It's sometimes it's even difficult just to get to that that number where you might go for it on fourth. It doesn't seem like a lot, but it's a, a yard and a half can mean a lot. Last year, you were around third and six and a half for an average. This year, you're on third and 8.1. It, it, it does add up. It adds up, definitely. It's a, a yard and a half is, is a lot in third down, uh, you know, in third down terms. Yeah. Uh, BYU's defense uh, did a great job all day, I thought. They got you the ball back on a strip sack on the first play of the second quarter, and you went on your longest drive of the day, uh, of the season, actually, uh, in both plays and clock time. 16 plays, almost 10 minutes. Let's maybe go through the series of downs that got you to first and goal at the 10 after that long drive, if you can take us back to that once you got into scoring position there. Well, we, first of all, that drive, that was, I mean, that was a, uh, it was a good drive and it was an intentional, we were trying to, we were actually trying to, you know, stay on the field, use some clock, let our defense get a little rest, and we were being very deliberate about what we were doing on that drive, and then it was unfortunate we didn't end up getting a touchdown down there. We just, we got to execute better in the red zone, and. Uh, 
didn't, didn't get it done. You talk about first and second down, and the first player that dropped that first and goal for the 10, I think it was a sack of Keaton. Now you're back behind the sticks again. Um, what did you want to do on that fourth down um, from the two? Uh, well, this is the, the sequence of downs here right here. We see yeah. we see Keaton sacked on the first down. It's near back a bit, and then a couple of little, um, I think it was underneath stuff on the next two, right? Yeah, we were we had a play set up there. We were trying to throw the ball in the end zone, and they just they dropped everybody into the end zone and covered it, so we had to check it down. And then we had a chance here to throw the ball to, to uh, Chase. Uh, probably need to make that, that throw and give Chase a chance. And then we got to the fourth and two, and... Um, there was a timeout involved. Correct, yeah, and um, the first play we had set up, the look wasn't right. We elected to use a timeout, and, and after that, uh, um, I'm, that's, uh, I'll let Kalani address that later when he, when he talks. Right, right. Uh, some rule changes this year relative to what you can and can't do there. Um, but then was there any thought, uh, was field goal always going to be an option there uh, the second time around? Or, or? We, were, we were wanting to go for the touchdown okay. there. You know, and one of the reasons why you, like, for example, our defense got two great goal line stands. But in both those situations, now we come out and play offense from the two. That, there's a reason for going for it on fourth and two and trying to score a touchdown. Because even if you, don't get it, if you don't get it, the other team's got 98 yards to go. And if you can get a stop, they're punting the ball back to you and you're getting it somewhere around midfield or better. And so right. there is logic to going for it there. But after the penalty, it was clear you, you kicked the field goal. Okay. Uh, you got points on the board, though, uh, for a shot in the arm. Uh, UT would then score right before halftime. Um, 51 seconds left in the half. Uh, were you going to be aggressive maybe before that uh, first down fall start pushed you back a bit? We were going to, yeah, we were going to be aggressive. And then, um, then uh, yeah, we, we had the false start. And so we just elected to, you know, play it smart. Um, you don't, you don't want, you're backed up so far. You make a mistake there and give the other team field position. You don't want to don't want to risk that. Right. First half ended on an Isaac Rex catch. Um, he ended with two grabs on the day. Is it getting harder to get him the ball as the season goes along? Um, it, not really. Maybe, maybe a little bit. I think part of it is, um, you know, he, he's not playing quite as many snaps as he played earlier in the year. Is he feeling okay? Yeah, we just reached in the point in the year where, you know, you start getting beat up and you got to you got to rotate guys and you got to get him in there. And he's he was playing 60 something snaps a game the first I think three or four or five games and then the last few games we've been trying to give him some relief and um, so yeah, I don't think it's necessarily harder to get him the ball. Okay. Uh, speaking of tight end, uh, first catch of the season for Ray Powell came on the first play of the game. Yeah. Uh, he's the fourth tight end now with a catch this year. That position group, how does it look for BYU, not as, just to the end of the year too, but moving forward as well? They're doing a good job. Ray, Ray is, uh, he's been a bright spot lately. He is, you know, the, the, um, he's a good blocker. He's a, he's very athletic for his size and he's a good receiver. We, we'll we'll find more ways to use him now. He got we got him one catch and now we'll uh, he'll be more bigger part of our offense going forward. He's doing a good job. Is Jackson Bowers a guy that uh, might see some time down the stretch, or is he more? Re, are you still kind of developing him? He's still coming along. I mean, he, I I don't see him uh, being a factor right at this moment, but he's going to be a good player for us. He's just uh, just those other guys are just a little bit ahead of right. him right now in, the, in terms of their knowledge and stuff. But Jackson has a really bright future. Okay, uh, down 21-3 at the break Saturday in Austin. What were kind of your halftime talking points, as you recall? Well, just that uh, you know you just got to go get one score. I mean, we we're trying to just go get a touchdown, and don't you know you, you can't think too much about the end result or what the, you know, and, and you can't worry about anything that happened already in the first half. It's just focus on trying to get a score. And, um, you know, obviously we didn't do a great job of that, but if you play backwards and you think about missed opportunities and mistakes, you just try to learn from those and, and set yourself up 
you know, for the next possession. All right, break time with A-Rod as we head to break. A reminder to join Dave McCann and former Cougars Blaine Fowler and David Nixon tomorrow night for a brand new episode of After Further Review as they look back at this past Saturday's game and ahead to West Virginia on the weekend. That's tomorrow at 7 p.m. Eastern on the BYU TV app or ESPN+. When we come back, we'll close the book on Saturday's setback at Texas. As the coordinator's corner continues, we're brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. On a deep drop, the right-hander goes high and deep looking for Lassiter, and it is... The catch on the play! He did it again! Darius Lassiter hauls it in! Fantastic play from Darius on Saturday. Back on the coordinator's corner, BYU now 5-3 on the season. 2-3 in the Big 12 after a 35-6 setback this past Saturday in front of 100,000 fans in Austin, Texas this upcoming weekend. It's BYU at West Virginia, 7 p.m. Eastern time kick on the weekend. Back with BYU offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach Aaron Roderick. Uh, maybe a nighttime kick helps uh, this week with BYU. BYU's been getting much better results, as it turns out, after sundown than in the sunshine. I know that it really does have a lot of variables, but you guys do have a winning formula at night lately. Yeah, the night game's been good to us, so um, let's let's hope that it's uh, you know holds true again. Fact of the matter is, many of the afternoon kicks are usually higher-profile opponents, higher-exposure TV slots and platforms. So you're playing some really good teams in the daytime, and Texas is the latest one of those. Yeah, without question, the, these the day games we played have been very good opponents, and uh, you know we the three games we've lost this year were quality teams. These Absolutely, are, these are good football teams that were that uh, you know that have, we've lost to and. Uh, you just got to put it behind you and move on to the next one. Let's get back into Saturday's game for a bit in Austin. You're down 21-3 at the break. You got the ball to start the second half. Uh, took a shot to Chase on your first play of the half coming out of the locker room? Yeah, yeah, we uh, threw the ball down the field to Chase. It was actually a route that he asked for. He, he, he wanted it and um, thought, you know, we got, we got pressure up the middle, first of all. Uh, but like I said, their pass rush is really good. And then thought Chase got bumped a little bit, but um, the one thing we've learned about the Big 12 is they let you play. They don't call ticky-tack fouls in this league. Mm. Uh, it's a very physical conference. There's a lot of grabbing and holding that goes on that they're not going to call, and so we have to get better at, at uh, adjusting to that. You've got a pretty good sense now for this conference. That way, in a lot of ways, your overall view of the Big 12 now that you're in it. Uh, first of all, it's a very good league. I mean, the teams are good. Everybody's good enough to beat each other. You know, there's, there's no big surprises, you know, Something yeah, week that, to week. Something that might yeah. seem like an upset really from week to week, you never know. I mean, everybody can beat each other. And then another thing that's really shown up is just how um, how much the officials let you play. I mean, this it's not a league where they're just going to call ticky-tack things. It, they let you play. They don't call a lot of holding. They don't call a lot of pass interference, And which I like it that way. And we, we, we want it that way because we've always been a physical team. So it's, it should work in our favor if, if we can execute better. Okay, back into the play-by-play, -play, an exchange of three and outs for BYU and Texas to open the second half. Then on your next drive, another decent series, almost 70 yards on the drive, and a feature to play that was actually a SportsCenter top 10 play on Saturday night. We just saw it coming out of the break, but Darius Lassiter's career-long reception, spectacular 47-yard grab over a couple of guys and literally over a guy. Um, your thoughts on Darius and what he's doing for you right now in the throw game? Yeah, Darius is coming on. He's, he's improving every week. Uh, that This play was actually uh, designed to get the ball to Isaac Rex. And uh, they did a good job covering Isaac. And so um, uh, Keaton threw the ball down the field to Darius, and he just went up and got it and made a great catch. And 
Those are, we, we see that every day in practice. He's it's pretty routine for him. I'm just going to say, do you see that every day because he's now got back-to-back -back highlight grabs, but it seems like that's just part of his ball skill package. If you ever shake his hand, it will, it will wrap all the way around your hand, I promise you. He's got some of the biggest hands I've ever seen, and, and they uh, serve him well catching the ball. Darius's catch set you up at the Texas 13, and you're in the game with a TD here. Um, your first down, I think it was a jet sweep uh, that, yeah. that, that kind of got blown up and backed you up, took you off schedule a little bit. Yeah, we had a, a mix up there, uh, Aiden. Um, it, yeah, we just we didn't execute this well in the backfield. Aiden was supposed to lead block for that, and um, then um, we, uh, you know, luckily we were able to hang on, at least hang on possession of the ball there. Right. And then. And it's a red zone drive that ends yeah, in points. Think, yeah. You, but you had to settle for had, had to settle for a field goal, and I, I think it was a fourth and twelve though. Yeah. yeah. We had a we had a little mix up there. Aiden played a really good game, and that, unfortunately that was just. A signal. He missed a signal there that mm. uh, we need to we need to get little things. Had your third yeah. down play gained more yards? Were you thinking maybe go for the touchdown on fourth down? Yeah, if it was yeah. We, we needed to make a couple more yards and we were going to go for it, but we didn't. Yeah. So 21-6 after the Will Ferrin field goal. He's now eight for ten by the way on his field goal tries this season. Been really reliable for you. A reliable kicker uh, can affect how an OC calls a game, right? Without question. Yeah, we're he's doing a good job. You know, we we want to get touchdowns, but 21-6 there. We're still two score game with a lot of game left and so that was the that was the idea there is let's let's make sure we get something out of this and we're still within within range uh with a chance to win and kudos to jay hills d the uh, d kept you in the game here uh back-to-back -back texas drives the longhorns failed to get in from the byu two it was outstanding yeah those were big stops i mean huge job keeping them out of the end zone and uh, we got to do a better job getting it out of that backed up on the two and it's, it's, you know it's not easy but We'll take the stops and, and accept that right. position any day of the right. week. So not, uh, we, we got to do a better job of getting it out uh, out of that backed-up situation. Down 21-6 in that two-score game. If you're going to make it a push, it had to be on the next drive. But a pass intended for Darius Lasseter goes a little high and wide. Tough ball to snag, really. I end up being tipped for a pick. Catchable, I, I don't know, I, I, it looked like a hard ball to catch. Uh, I think I think Keaton would be the first one to tell you that's not wasn't wasn't a great you know wasn't his best throw and, and um, we got to step up and make that make that throw and um, I'm, I know Keaton's a very uh, you know he feels bad about it and we got we had a chance to throw a completion there and move the chains and instead ball goes the other way and um, do want to point out uh, Keelan Marion made an unbelievable effort to make that tackle. Mm. He came he came from the other side of the field, ran by everybody, and, and tracked that guy down and prevented a touchdown there. It was a great effort by Keelan. Your next drive uh, saw Keaton Slovis's long run of the season, 21 yards uh, for, for Keaton. Quarterback rushing yards, not something you've been getting a lot of this season, but he showed that he could still get it done for you when he needs to. Yeah, that's been an element of our offense that has been it's been a big part of our offense the last few years with Jaron and Zach, and um, we um, it, it was nice to see just you know one one ball where we pull it and make some yards and keep the defense honest. What more or less amounted to maybe the last gasp in this game came on a fourth down pass breakup from the Texas 20. It was your only red zone miss of the day. Uh, you're still a really good red zone team this year. Um, the red zone touchdown numbers may be dipping a bit for you, but uh, you're basically scoring when you get a chance to, which is uh, half the battle here. We've been solid in the red zone on the season, but Saturday it was, it was uh, not good enough. Yeah, we've we got to get, get touchdowns to give our – if we get touchdowns, it's a, it's a different ball game, and, and we didn't do that. Uh, but it's, you know, not deterred. It's been one of our strengths this season. Uh, tough day all around, 35-6 your final. Another game under 300 yards in total offense. Points matter more than yards to you, and they always will. Um, but the yardage numbers, uh, troubling to you? 
course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we need to play better, especially as those early downs. We're just uh, we gotta we gotta get ourselves in better third down position to try to stay on the field better. Um, BYU's 0-3 when not winning the turnover battle this season. It happened again on Saturday. That's kind of been a pretty good indicator of success for you. A lot of teams too, but um, it didn't go your way Saturday that way. Yeah, it's the most important stat in football. It's more important than any yardage is turnovers. And you win the turnover battle, you're usually going to win the game. Okay, offensive player of the week. Who did you like this week on your side of the ball? Uh, with Darius had a good game. You know, he made that one great catch, but he also did a lot of other good things in the game um, as a blocker and as a receiver. And um, feel like he's one of our guys that's getting better every week. Chase is your targets leader, receptions leader. Um, Isaac Rex is always solid at tight end. Darius is coming on. Keelan's been a nice addition. Yeah. Cody Epps working his way in too? Yeah, he is. We're, you know, he's, Cody was out for a long time, and so we're trying to just get him back, uh, you know, finding ways to get him the ball, finding ways to um, use him. And um, I expect him to, you know, be a big, have a big impact in the last month of the season. Yeah, I was going to say, could it be a good stretch run yeah, for him? Yeah, I mean, I think he's kind of in the place now where he's more back in the groove. He's played the last couple of games, but he's not uh, in every rep, every down guy, or hasn't been quite, but I think, you know, we're getting there. Good. All right, this Saturday, tune in to Cougar pregame live on BYU Radio, 5 o'clock Eastern, 3 o'clock Mountain, as the Cougars visit West Virginia, taking on the Mountaineers. As we go to break, reminder that dinner after the game at JCW's includes something for everybody, from burgers to wings, shakes to salads. JCW's quality and a lot of it in Lehigh, American Fork, Provo, South Jordan, and now in Harriman. Coming up next, final segment with BYU OC and QB coach Aaron Roderick. You're in the Coordinator's Corner, brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. Coordinator's Corner on BYU-TV is brought to you by JCW's, the Burger Boys. You're in the Coordinator's Corner brought to you by JCW's. Final segment with BYU Offensive Coordinator and QB Coach Aaron Roderick. The segment presented by Intermountain Health, official medical provider of BYU Athletics. BYU now uh, eight games into its 12-game regular season slate, 5-3 and three record, 2-3 and three in league. And we talked in the last segment about how week-to-week -week results that might seem surprising in the end may not look surprising a week or two later. It's a really good league and competitive at the top. Five teams tied at 4-1 and one after OU's loss at KU this week. Yeah, not, not surprising at all. And, and uh, you know, there, there'll be more wild stuff that happens in, you know, in the next month. So it's every, every game is a, is a coin toss in this conference. And the overall record has BYU one win shy of bowl eligibility. Uh, it, you know, not something you're necessarily saying the drive is for the sixth win and that only, but it is a fact of life. You play one more game, you're guaranteed of an extra game at the end of the season. It's important. Sure, and the next win is the goal anyway, so yeah. let's get there. You know, that's that's the idea is let's, let's get that next win and um, one-week season, let's, that's it. Four games to play in the regular season. Players who haven't played can now play all four games and a bowl game, right, if, if, if there is one, and keep their year of eligibility. Who might be in the window that you want to see now that we haven't seen yet that you can play to keep a redshirt? Well, uh, there's a few guys. I don't really want to get into, get into the names right now, but you're going to see that across the country. There's going to be teams everywhere now. Everyone start using some of your younger players you've been developing. Uh, there's a chance to you know, maybe bring somebody in and give your, give your team a spark or maybe, um, uh, maybe just give you some depth at a position where you're getting thin. Um, but you'll see that nationwide you're, you're going to see some young guys step on the field for the first time this next month and it, it's kind of fun and it is is four plus a bowl right the bowl does yeah the yeah it's four plus a bowl so it's a good opportunity for some young players to play 
Okay, as the QB position coach, how do you want to handle that position down the home stretch, knowing there is some depth we haven't seen yet? Yeah, I mean, I would love to find out what we have in Jake at some point. Um, but um, yeah, we right now it's just we're going to do whatever we have to do to win the next game. Does this particular rule, final four games, give you some flexibility in play calling, even if it's just sporadically that you could use, you haven't been able to use yet for that reason? It can. It, you, you have to, you know, again, you have um, three practices a week, basically. And so you can't experiment too much or else nothing's going to look good. But, you know, we haven't, let's face it, we haven't played great on offense. Uh, and so... Uh, you know, we'll, we'll look at any, anything we can to, to, to score points and play better. For an OC, everything's on the table. For sure. Yeah. yeah, everything's on the table, and all the players understand that, and it's about trying to win games. Right. You got it. Uh, preview West Virginia now, uh, the Mountaineers. Um, as opposed to Texas, really high-profile defensive numbers, more middle of the pack uh, in West Virginia, early impressions of the Mountaineers. They're playing really good football as a team. They play team football. Uh, you, they've got a winning formula with their offensive scoring points staying on the field their defense does a good job of of uh, mixing it up they give you a lot of different looks and they they get off the field they're they're um, very play really hard and um, you can just tell they're playing there as a program they're playing with a lot of belief right now and I, I have a lot of respect for them and you've never been to Morgantown have not been there I've heard it's a tough place to play um, and yeah I'm looking forward to it Saturday night under the lights out there at West Virginia. And uh, we're back at it, looking to get that next win and uh, get BYU to 6-3 and three on the year. Aaron, always good having you in. I learned a lot from you. Appreciate your time. Good to be Have here. a great week. Thanks. All right. Tomorrow night, join us for BYU football with Kalani Sitake. Enjoy a full hour of conversations with Kalani and a player guest in front of our live studio audience. That's Tuesday nights, 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app and ESPN+. Coming up next, we'll welcome in BYU Special Teams Coordinator and Defensive Ends Coach Kelly Papinga. As the Coordinator's Corner continues, we're brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. Malik Murphy lobs it. It's intercepted. A bad throw. Picked off. Crew Wakely. Wakely the 50, the 40, the 35, the 30. Crew Wakely the 20 and brought down to the Texas 10-yard line. You're in the coordinator's corner. Brought to you by JCW's, the Burger Boys. BYU coming off a 35-6 loss at 7th-ranked Texas this past Saturday in Austin. After a 2-0 start, BYU's gone win-loss over the last six, so 5-3 is the record now heading on to take on 5-3 West Virginia Saturday night in Morgantown. Our second half hour getting underway with BYU's special teams coordinator and edge lineman coach Kelly Papinga. Coach, good to see you once again. Great to be back. All right, third straight week that the defensive coaches were game planning for a backup quarterback. Josh Hoover, TCU, Jake Strong, the third stringer from Texas Tech, and then you get the number two Malik Murphy for Texas this past Saturday. Uh, what did you think you could do with Murphy in his first career start? Yeah, we thought we could pressure him, which, you know, you saw that early in the game was very effective. Really should have had one other, inter you know, interception that uh, Ethan Slade <laughs> kind of misjudges. And if he drives on the ball, we have another one early in the game. Um, and so I think out of those, we pressured him really good in three of those uh, early you know, three times we get a sack fumble out of one. We get a pick, which we just saw from crew. And then we probably shot another pick from Ethan. Um, and so and then really on one of the touchdowns, we call the exact coverage that we want to be in right at the end of the half. And uh, Raider kind of just misjudges. They do a double move on him and then he misjudges the ball, which is really not. It wasn't a great thrown ball anyway. And we should have probably had a chance to at least knock that ball away right at the end of the half on a third down. And so, um, you know, I think going into the game, we felt like, you know, that was going to be the case. And then we didn't think he was going to be much of a runner, which he never really got out and ran, mm -hmm. um, which would that's why we felt like we could really pressure and get after him. Um, and then 
that was what we were able to do in the first half. And then the second half, when they got the lead, then they were able to just start to run the ball. But we ended up playing the, you know, played the run for the most part really, yep. really well until, you know, they get there in the fourth quarter where they get those two late touchdowns. But, um, you know, I was proud of the guys, just the way that they battled. Um, we had terrible field position most of the game because of special teams and because of, you know, some some turnovers. But, um, you know, it was it was good to see, especially those two, uh, you know, uh, goal line stops just to see it didn't matter where the ball was, they were going to go out there and play and uh, to their credit they uh, they battled for 60 minutes we'll get into it uh, another game taking on one of the country's top running backs too in Jonathan Brooks uh, the Big 12 is packed with great backs yeah yeah we were just watching him and uh, he looks a lot like our guy like Aiden Robbins built very very similar big solid guy um, and uh, likes to run downhill, runs people over, breaks a lot of tackles. So, yeah, we got our work cut out. But I think the thing that we're positive about is going back to the TCU game, um, TCU, Texas Tech, and now with uh, Texas, I feel like we're, we're making strides in the run game, playing the run game better, um, and just got to do it just more and more consistently over time. And, uh, you know, I think our guys are just being – uh, more stout in their gaps and being just uh, more dominant in beating blocks and making plays too as well. Blake Magelson had a great game and just up front beating blocks, making plays throughout the whole entire game. So it was good to see him step up. You know, you'd seen that from Batty. Now to see that from Blake, it's uh, good to have that happen on both sides. You bring it up by the numbers, uh, Imani Bailey and uh, Taj Brooks and now Jonathan Brooks all were held under their season averages by BYU in those three games. Let's get into the game itself. And, and it had a similar start to the TCU game a couple of weeks ago. But instead of giving up a, a defensive score, it was a special teams score. Xavier Worthy, ex-Xavier Worthy, I should say, uh, took it to the house after BYU's opening possession ended in a punt. Uh, good from Worthy or something you were missing on your side? I mean, we knew all week that this guy was a guy Very good. and did not want to kick them the ball. And so, unfortunately, the situation, well, go back. If you uh, go back and look at that, Maury had a good shot to get him, tries to tackle him too high. Um, you know, maybe lack of experience, you could say Marcus in that situation might give us a better chance just because he's been in that situation a little bit more. But Maury's in a good spot to make a play right there and slow him down. Um, and uh, we miss. And then from there, we just didn't have guys beating blocks and making plays. And that was really the emphasis from uh, the week before in the Texas Tech game. I felt like we didn't cover kicks very well in that game as well. Our punts were covering the kickoffs very well at this point. But our punts, we've struggled of just not getting off blocks and making plays. And what I'm seeing is that officials in the Big 12 are letting you play. Like you, a lot of guys would look at that film and say, hey, we're getting held or whatever, but uh, they're letting they're letting us play. So we got to be able to get off blocks. You see crew right there. You see uh, Glasker doesn't get off a block. Um, and so there's some things that we're going to have to do to, to change it up to hopefully, hopefully get some more guys free to the ball. Um, Jacob Bourne, that's typically a guy that's down there making plays. He, he got blocked up on that too as well. And so it's, you know, as a, as a coordinator, somebody that's, you know, in charge of that, that's completely on me, not having the guys prepared and ready to go. Um, and so, uh, you know, we, we wanted to kick that ball like right near the sideline. So Ryan, um, you wouldn't say it's a terrible hit when he puts the ball in the hash, but we were trying to just kick the ball away from that guy mm -hmm. as much as we possibly could. Um, so Ryan didn't have his best day. And then I did think the urgency after that was better. And, and they knew it going into the game. That's why I'm a, you know, a little disappointed that they didn't have the urgency from the very get-go. Um, to be able to get after that guy and uh, you know because you go and watch the second kick and they cover it a lot better and um, but just in general I didn't think our punt team performed to the ability that we have and we've been great um, you know we're top we were a top 20 at one point net punt team in the country we yeah. caused four turnovers on the season we've done some great things to change the game Ryan's had some big punts but ultimately at the end of the day we got to be better.
Uh, you are missing Mark, Marcus McKenzie right now on cover. Um, long, how, what's the status moving forward? Is he week to week for you? Did you yeah, get him he's, back a week, he's a week to week guy. I think we'll have him back at some point, um, but it just kind of depends on how the week goes and how every practice goes. And he's a difference maker. Yeah, yeah, he's done a great job. He's uh, shoot, you could say probably one of the best uh, gunners in the country based yeah. upon the things that he's caused this year. So we just, yeah, we'll. We'll get some other guys to step out. I know Maury's going to learn. He wants it bad. Maury Bamba. Um, and Maury, yeah, Maury can run. I mean, he's just as fast as Marcus, if not faster. And how fast he got down in that situation right there was impressive. Now we just got to get him to tackle low. He's kind of reaching high. So we just got to be able to get him knifing through the legs like we've seen Marcus do a number of times this year. So 7 nothing early, but it was so early in the game it may get may not get remembered as a game-changing play, but Malik Murphy throws it to Crew Wakely with that 7 nothing lead, and you're, you think you're sitting first and goal, but a blindside block is called. It backs BYU out, offense turns it over, and then UT scores immediately. Now you're down 14-zip when it could have been really easily 7-7. Seven, seven, oh, right? yeah, yeah, and that one's super frustrating. You know, we get some pressure on the quarterback. I think Batty gets back there. This is one of the um, – or uh, AJ, AJ, sorry, on this one. It was Batty earlier. So AJ gets some pressure right there, and he ends up just throwing the ball away. And number one, the receiver right there, Worthy's not even looking for the ball, so I don't know if he thought it was run or screen, but makes a poor decision. The quarterback crew does a great job taking this ball all the way back inside the 10, but unfortunately Max um, has a block behind the back or behind the ball that really wasn't necessary, which is, you know, tough. Yeah, he wasn't going to make the play, yeah. I don't think. And yeah. we practice this every single week of just how to block um, after an interception, where to take the ball, making sure we're not blocking behind the ball, no blindside hits. Um, and so just all those things are, you know, yeah. it's just unfortunate. And, you know, it's just Max was trying hard. He was trying to do something to free us up. And, you know, unfortunately ends up getting a blindside hit, and that's a 15-yard penalty from the spot of the foul. And, and it wasn't a vicious blindside as much yeah. as it was outside the field of vision and more on the shoulder. And, again, it wasn't violent. Violent per se, but it was it met the letter of the law, I guess. Is what yeah, it and you know, for Max, you know, he's Max is a try-hard guy. He was just trying to do his best, and it's just really one of those disciplinary things of just, hey, I'm now behind the ball. This guy has, he was an O lineman, has right. no chance to make this play, and really, we just call it what we call it a box-out block, where he just runs by and just really Shield just him. shields him off and boxes yep. him out, just like you're going up for a rebound, and that's all he needed to do right there, or just lay off of him. But you know, you just. Live and learn sometimes, and sometimes it's the tough lessons right there that uh, help you learn down the road. So BYU played some lights out red zone defense in this game uh, over and over again. Texas kept was kept out of the end zone from deep in your defensive end. First play we're going to see comes on the first play of the second quarter. One of your guys, mm -hmm. edge rusher Isaiah Banya, getting home on a first and ten from the BYU 11 strip sack before Murphy can get set. I think he was trying to set up screen here. Yeah, and I think it was one of the first. Um, here we go is the play. I think this is one of the first plays of the second half, right? Or second first quarter, play, right? second quarter. Yeah, first play. So yep. um, this was a pressure that we had used throughout the whole first half right here. And so Isaiah does a great job of just getting off the ball and attacking the quarterback's arm right there. And it's very, uh, you get the trifecta right here. You get the sack, you get the forced fumble, and you get the fumble recovery yep. right there. Hat trick. Yeah, which is a huge, huge play. Uh, your, your guy from Canada right there. Yep, there Lethbridge, go, right? Alberta. And so, he, you know, I was happy for Isaiah. He'd made some plays in this game. Did a good job in the run game too as well, and so that was a that was a game-changing play right there where they could have gone up. Uh, I think it was four was it 14 at that time or yeah. was it still 7-0, but still keeping seven points off the board. And and uh, they were in the red zone five times in that game, and uh, we held them to uh, no points three of those times, which is one of our goals. Is um, and once the team gets inside the uh, inside the red zone inside the 20 that we want to uh, hold them to field goals or no points at all. And so I think that was one. They would have gone up 21 nothing actually yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so um, that was one opportunity where we held them to no touchdowns. And then the two later in the game where we have uh, fourth down stops 
are, uh, are a big deal. After the strip sack there, BYU went on this long 16-play, uh, 10-minute drive. It ended up in a Will Ferrin field goal, which came after the timeout discussion at the two-yard line. Uh, I, taking a, I think you took a delay there to get a better angle on the yeah. field goal. Is that right? Yeah, so there was a, there was a play called by our offense, which uh, they needed a specific, and I don't know if A-Rod talked about this or not, but they needed a specific way that they lined up for this play to work, and uh, they lined up a different way than the, what they had scouted out, and sometimes that happens. Sometimes, you know, teams make adjustments, and so they didn't line up the way that they liked, and so we ended up taking the delay and uh, kicking the field goal right there, and I, you know, I'm happy for Will. Our protection on the field goal team has been good, too, as well, um, and he's doing a great job right now. Um, you know his exact stats. Is he 8 for 10 or 9 for 8 11? 8 for 10. Yeah, 8 for 10 on the season, which is awesome. So uh, continue to build on that and happy for Will. And he's doing a great job on kickoffs as well as uh, placing the ball where they need to go. And you're in the game at 14-3 right there late in the first half. And maybe you keep it a two-score game at the break, but you already alluded to it. It's that third and eight from the 30. Um, and, and five just gets behind Raider, I think it was, in the end zone. They score right before uh, halftime to make it 21-3. Yeah, and we, have a, we had a, a stunt that we had a game planned that didn't go as well as we thought. But it still allowed us to give a one-on-one. -on -one. John Henry Daly was in there on the edge and had a chance to get to the quarterback right there and just one step behind. I think if you had one more step, John Henry's going to get there. Um, but yeah, we were playing a version of cover two over there into the boundary side and uh, he ran a double move on Raider. Raider kind of bit on the double move and then, you know, number five got behind us right there. And really, it wasn't a great thrown ball. So you can see right there how the Raider kind of jumps to the A lot outside. of air under it. Put a ton of air under it. If he just stays in his half right there and just trusts the defense a little more, and, you know, the, the one thing that's unfortunate is Raider hasn't played a lot of football, so once again it comes down to sometimes you got to make those mistakes to learn from them. Um, those are tough lessons to learn, and I guarantee you that will happen again to him. He'll make sure he stays in his half right there, and uh, we, uh, we, should, we, we should get that interception right there, especially in that situation. But really, I think it's a combination of just staying in our half, and then we got to get pressure on the quarterback right there and just be one step quicker. And we had a stun over to the field side. Um, we knew that they were going to chip Batty. Batty had been the guy that had been getting you know, most of our pressures this season, so that's exactly what they did. The tight end chipped Batty, which slowed him down, and then we had a stunt between AJ and I think Jackson Cravens on that play. And they slid to that, which then, you know, it's now a one-on-one -on -one with uh, John Henry where he's got he's to make some plays right there. But you're a half step away. Jay Hill sat here last week and talked about the hits versus sacks numbers. You're getting close. You're getting hits. And you're getting pressure. It's just not always getting home right now. Yeah, and I think sometimes, you know, when you play a defense that we play, teams know that we're going to pressure, so they know they got to get the ball out fast. And so it's a combination of just being able to get there quicker and playing tighter coverage. And that combination now, he sees tighter coverage. He now holds on to the ball. Um, then, you know, now we're able to get there. So it's just that combination, and it's just, you know, we're still learning how to play this defense, everybody. I'm still learning as well as we go along. So there's, there's learning cur curves for coaches, for players, and, you know, the more that we, you know, play in games and we coach in games, the more familiar we get with it and the better we're going to get. And I have to complete confidence, you know, in these last four games, our guys are going to continue to learn and grow. All right, break time. And you can get ready for BYU and West Virginia this Saturday with BYU Sports Nation Game Day's expanded pregame coverage starting two hours prior to kickoff, 5 Eastern, 3 Mountain Time on BYU TV. When we come back, Coach Papinga takes us through a couple of uh, impressive goal line stands as we conclude our recap of BYU and Texas as the Coordinator's Corner continues. Brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. More after the Coordinator's Corner on BYU TV is brought to you by... JCW's The Burger Boys. Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. And by Smith's. Low prices, market fresh. 
back in the coordinator's corner visiting with BYU special teams coordinator and defensive ends coach Kelly Papinga. BYU falling at Texas 35-6 on Saturday in Austin. Uh, in that game, coach, you were down the 21-3 at halftime. Will Ferrin field goal made it 21-6 early in the third. Two-score game, and the defense kind of keeps it in that two-score territory. You shut out Texas in the third quarter, no points. And both the end of the third and beginning of the fourth featuring outstanding goal line stands for the BYU defense. Yeah, it was awesome. And those are always fun. I've been a part of a, a couple of those throughout my career. And there's nothing, uh, I think, more demoralizing for an offense is when they got the ball. Um, and I think the first one, they had the ball, I think, first and goal inside the five. Mm -hmm. And we were able to stop them. And, and uh, you know, especially when, uh, you know, in that situation, which I think is pretty interesting, they were probably a little confident in their defense, how well their defense was playing. So they were just thinking, hey, we'll go for it. But really, a field goal puts them up puts them up three scores. Yeah, that's what I thought about. And take so, the, take the points. yeah, take the points. But, you know, sometimes those offensive coordinators have a little bit of pride and want to, you know, put the seven on the board. But And a little guys, zero beat big zero yeah, there. Yeah, it was awesome. That's a great point. I didn't yeah. think about that. But uh, J-Rob made a great play right there. Gets off the block. And, and uh, yeah, beat a block and make a play. And really, we should have had crew right there. Crew could have been a little faster. He should have been sitting right there. Um, we were in a zone right there um, anticipating some type of pick play. So we were – uh, Coach Hill is anticipating um, them some, uh, rubbing, uh, running some type of rub route, which they were trying to do right there with number zero. So instead of us playing man defense, which most teams do down in this situation, we played a, a version of, uh, of zone. And uh, Crew should have been really the one that made that play, but J-Rob ends up making a great play right there. And before that, there was you know three plays where I thought we did a great job in stopping the run, really set that up. And so we stopped the run for three of those plays and then I think that just is like okay we don't have the confidence now that we can run this thing in now we got to we got to try to throw it yeah, yeah we got to try to throw it and then we stop them there so that was exciting and you know kept us in that two score you know opportunity right. 21 to 6 and and uh shoot I think it was 21 to 6 nine minutes to go in the fourth and we're right there and you know have a shot but we just couldn't finish it different kind of stop on the very next Texas possession at the other end of the field now this was a fourth and one from the two and another BYU stop. This is when they gave it, I think, to Brooks and uh, just kind of manned up there. Yeah, the goal no, line. that was that was fun. So we, we got in our goal line defense, I think, on this clip right here. We're going to show it. Yep, there it is. There's the guys in the back working good. Okay, so we got uh, our goal line right there, defense in. They put, I think they came out 13 personnel, which is three tight ends. Mm -hmm. Maybe even 14 personnel. They might have had four tight ends in there, a couple of their D linemen in as tight ends. But... Um, we called our goal line defense right there. And really, Cialia Serra made a really good play. Um, and then uh, Jackson Cravens came in late. And then I think Eddie Hecker, there was three of them that came in just um, right at the right time, be able to squeeze them up, tackle them, pull them back, and, uh, you know, made an awesome play right there. And then I think our offense at that point has a chance. They're, they're driving, and then we end up throwing, yeah. throwing an interception. But, you know, the, the thing that we always tell our guys, it doesn't matter where the ball's put, what situation we're put in, just another opportunity to play ball. And really our goal and our job is a, as a team is to not let, you know, teams score. And we got to leave it up to the offense to do their job. And so we can't really worry too much about what they're doing and, and uh, really just worry about more of what we're doing. And I think our guys throughout the whole entire game, the thing that Kalani pointed out in our staff meeting today and uh, just thinking about it is proud of our guys. Nobody yeah. uh, complained about, you know, the situation and the field position we were put in. Uh, it's just it doesn't matter. Whatever opportunities you have, you go out there and you do your job. Field position. 
minus 22 yards in average mm -hmm. starting field position. That's an unusual number for this BYU team. Yeah, Very that unusual. was that was uh, that was a tough one to swallow. You know, obviously the punt return doesn't help us, and then um, the turnovers. Their turnovers were a little more. Um, when we got our strip fumble, you know, it was on their side of the field yeah. or our side of the field. And so, and then if we get the pick and we get it inside the 10, then that changes the number completely. Right. But then that comes back. Um, but they get a couple of turnovers where now they get returns that are on our side of the field. And so uh, between the punt return and then their turnovers where um, they had the opportunity to start in the scoring ball, position. Yeah, in scoring yeah. position yeah. compared to us was different. And that's, that's the combination. For me, field position is a combination of turnovers and what happens after that turnover, what type of return happens. And then, and then from there, um, you know the re the return games. What happens in the punt return game and the uh, and then the kickoff return game. And so really, we were pretty even um, in the kick return game. We got a couple uh, good returns on them. Um, their one return was to the 20 yard line. I think we did a great job on that cover. Um, but we got, I think we got one return past the 20. We got one to the 27, one to the 39. Um, then they got us a couple of times inside the 20. Um, but uh, really, take away the punt return, which you obviously can't do that. Um, I think it, it changes things a lot. Average running field <clears throat> position, one of the best stats because it incorporates offense, defense, and special teams. Yep. I like it a lot. Okay, yep. quickly uh, before the break, uh, your special teams player of the game, Will Farron, now eight for ten on the yeah, field. Yeah, Will's doing about. a great job. Two for two of, Saturday. Yeah, and, and I think that's back-to-back -back weeks now where he's done a great job of putting the ball through the uprights. And so, uh, happy for Will. He's worked his butt off and uh, just anxious to see how he continues to go throughout this year. All right, Will Farron, the Boise State transfer, after uh, settling in, doing quite well for BYU and splitting the uprights. Taking a break, and as we step away, it's a reminder that for your Cougar Sports day-to-day play-by-play, go to BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan, weekdays, noon Eastern, BYU TV and BYU Radio. Closing comments with the coach, Kelly Papinga, coming up next. We're brought to you by JCW's on the coordinator's corner. JCW's, the Burger Boys, back with the coach right after this. I need you're in the coordinator's corner, brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys this Saturday. BYU and West Virginia, only the second time all time. It was uh, seven years ago at FedEx Field in Landover. Mountaineers won a wild one, 35-32 over Taysom and the crew. All right, Saturday's game kicks under the lights in Morgantown, 7 o'clock Eastern time. So, Coach Papinga, uh, we have this stat again. Uh, BYU's won 20 of its last 21 night games somehow, and you get a night game in Morgantown. Let's yeah, go. It should be fun. <laughs> <laughs> I hear it's a great atmosphere. Living out in Virginia, I always heard um, from the locals there that the, the crowds of West Virginia are nuts. So... Um, have you be fun. have you have you been? I've never been. Okay, A-Rod hadn't either. I've heard the stories though. I've heard the stories. So, so it sh it, you know, it sounds like a little bit of Laramie. There's a little Laramie feel in there. Mm. So, um, sounds like the crowd will be ruckus, and we'll have to have uh, some. Uh, you know, thick skin and uh, ignore some of the things that are being said, but it's fun. I love playing in that atmosphere, and I know our guys are excited about it. And, uh, you know, always playing in a place where you've never played before, it's always fun and new. Is the day-night thing trivia, or does it get talked about a little bit like, man, we're good at night, or how do we, <laughs> how do, how do we be this good during the day? No, or we don't really talk about it. You know, we just, you, you know, it's just one of those things right now. I don't know why it's that case. I remember back in the day when I played, it was seemed like all the games were in, during the day, and we were winning all those games. So, I yeah. you know, it's just one of those deals that's happening right now. But I know our guys, they were extremely ready and prepared to play in that game. And, uh, you know, we made even some adjustments to, you know, act like, you know, it was a night game or not even act like a night game, just but change our day routine up okay. a little bit compared to earlier in the season. But I know our guys will be excited and ready to play in this game. All right, final minute here with you, West Virginia. Uh, really good that they stick with the run mm -hmm. um they're not a great necessarily eff efficiency run team but they grind it and yeah. and they gain a lot of yards with it over just volume and they control the other i think fourth nationally in possession time they yeah. like to hold on to the football yeah yeah and that's uh 
you know, I really like their quarterback. I think he's a scrappy guy, number six. He, uh, you know, he reminds me a lot of Riley Nelson, as we were talking about and watching him play. You know, he's really scrappy. He's not going to sit there and, um, you know, be this be this guy that looks like Lamar Jackson running around. But he's, man, he is able to, you know, pull the ball and run. And he can throw it well enough. And uh, they have some explosive plays down the field. But, yeah, like you said, their run game is where they um, where they get things going right there with number four, big physical runner. Um, and then they have some speed guys that come in as well and get to the edge. And so, um, yeah, it's a great challenge for us, being able to go on the road, yep. being able to stop the run. These are the type of games that you want as a defense to be able to go in there and show what team's more physical and what team's tougher. And I think that typically established through the run game. All right, well, hope, we'll hope that's a BYU on Saturday. Coach, good luck in game prep. Appreciate you. Appreciate it. Thanks. All right, that is Kelly Papinga. That'll do it for week nine of the Coordinator's Corner for coaches Roderick and Papinga and our entire crew. I'm Greg Rubil. We'll see you next week on the Coordinator's Corner. Go Cougs.